0: This morning, I want to uh, just f- share a few thoughts um, on the idea of identity, and I've, I've labeled this first and foremost, uh, and really the, the heart behind it is that um, our identity is tied into so many different things that we don't ever realize. We allow ourselves to become or act specific ways based off of all these different kind of signals that are coming in. And whether it's fear, guilt, or shame, or, or excitement, or joy, or we're trying to people please, or we're doing this, we have all of these things kind of inside of us that shape us and mold us into what we're, we're walking in or what we actually do. And so I want to talk because I, I was reading a part of scripture that was actually my life, like my life verse for so long But I was always looking at it. I don't know if you've done this before, where you've read the same scripture over and over and over, and then all of a sudden you read it again, and it has completely different application. And you're like, oh, it means that too. I'm not a theologian, and so this happens all the time to me. But I was reading Matthew 6, and it's verse 33. And it says, but seek first the kingdom of God... And his righteousness and all these things will be added to you as well. Now, to give you context, it it, it goes back and right before Jesus is is telling them, hey, don't worry about the clothes that you wear. Like the lilies of the field, the grass, the flowers, all these things, they look better than any, any wardrobe you could ever put together. And God values you more than he values flowers. So like, don't, don't sweat clothes. And then he also talks about food. He's like, hey, don't worry about what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink. Is not, is not life more important than just what you're going to put in your stomach? Hey, I've got you. I will provide for you. And for me, when I read this portion of scripture, I always thought that it was circumstantial. I always thought that this applied to my life Only in times when I was lacking the clothes that I needed or I was lacking the food that I needed. Like, oh, I'm lacking, so now I can go to Matthew 6 and say, God, I know that you know that I need these things, and so I'm coming to you as my provider. But I actually believe that there's so much more to this than just the fact that God is our provider. Because there's this word, therefore, and whenever you see the word therefore, and I'm looking at, at verse 25, when it kind of begins all that, it says, therefore, I tell you. So that means he's, he's trying to tie what was before with what he's about to say. Well, what was he talking about before? He was talking about laying up treasures in heaven. He's saying, hey, don't lay up all your money in your bank account and in all these things. Don't do that because the thing is, is then that becomes your idol, Don't lay up treasures there. Lay up treasures in heaven. That doesn't mean just give, that means that whatever you have in your life, if you're giving it towards the kingdom, that you're going to be rewarded in heaven. He talks about fasting, and God will reward the things that you do in secret. He talks about prayer. He talks about, if you really look at it, every time he says something, it's connected to the thing before, and all of chapter 5, 6, and 7 is talking about lifestyle, and talking about the way that we should live, but it's talking about our identity, who were supposed to be in Christ. And as I looked at this, I felt like there, this was the, the linchpin or the, or the crux of it when it said, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you as well. You see, things, things sometimes can get in our way of us becoming who we're supposed to become. I'm not even close to following the script up there, so if you just want to go back to the title slide, you're good. (laughs) It's interesting how in the pursuit of things, we can lose who we are. And when I say things, I'm just not talking about personal possessions. I'm talking about reputation, the way people see us, opportunities, authority, power, privilege, when we pursue these things, they actually become an idol in our life, and we're pursuing them instead of pursuing who God has created us to be. Right. Now, those things in and of themselves are not bad. It's not bad for you to have possessions. It's not bad for us to have money. It's not bad for us to have great clothes or nice cars or, or authority and, and influence and power in those things. None of those things are bad. But the problem is this. It says that when we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these things will be added to you. So the issue is, is that if we add these things to our life, it's an issue. If God adds these things to our life, it's a blessing. And so that when we chase these things and the, the end result Is the thing all of a sudden it's become an identity I drive a BMW I remember I don't drive a BMW by the way I drive a very badly painted Honda Accord but that's okay it gets me from point A to point B but I remember a time when my identity was in my car I remember when uh, when Deidre and I were were first dating and I remember Um, like at two in the morning, remember, we didn't meet when we were saved, and it was two in the morning, I had just met her for the first time, we'd met at a club, and that night I was texting her like, hey, did you get in okay? And we talked and I just went and picked her up like at two in the morning. And I remember thinking this thought, I love the fact that when I roll up, she's gonna see me in an Audi A4. (laughs) Because it was an identity thing. I became something better because of a possession that I had. But in that season of my life, I didn't know my true identity. I was seeking my identity from women. I was seeking my identity from, from having a, a big bank account. I was seeking my identity from the, the scoreboard on, at work that my name was moving up. I was seeking my identity from all of these things that God actually doesn't think is wrong when he adds them to my life. But I was adding them to my life outside of it so they became an idol. I was chasing things that God doesn't see wrong, but he sees them as wrong when I go with my hand and grab it off the shelf. I can look at that and go, God, that's awesome. And he goes, yeah, that is awesome. And you know what? When you seek me and you seek my righteousness, guess what? That's something that I'm going to add to you. But when I look at that and I go, that's really cool. I want that. And God goes, yeah, that's not a bad thing to desire, but remember to seek first me and my righteousness. And I go, no, God, I'm going to go get it myself. I have a credit card. I can go buy it now. No, I don't, I, don't need to, I don't need to wait for something else, God. I can do it outside of you. I can go do it myself. And God goes, no, no, no. Whenever you add it yourself, it's going to become an idol. But when I add it to you, it's going to be a blessing. But... For me, something takes place because it's an identity thing, because I'm lacking, and this is, this is where, when I, because I was lacking in who I knew God created to me, me to be, I was searching everywhere else to try to find identity. Have you guys ever, you guys probably know people like this, maybe you're like this, I used to be, still am sometimes. But those times where... Um, People don't know who they are, and so if you give them an idea, they'll just, they'll like run with it. They're like, oh, that's such a good idea. It's like, you don't know who you are. You're so willing to do anything that I say is good that you're just like, yeah, because you want to please me, because if you please me, then you actually think that I have a high view of you. Does that make sense? And so people, a lot of times, well, it's that whole thing where I had this, who was I? I can't tell you who I was talking to the other day. I was talking to a student in our youth ministry, and they were talking about something that they had done. And I was like, if they jumped off a bridge, would you too? And I was like, dang it, old people say that, and now I'm saying it. (laughs) Come on! But I remember thinking, thinking in my head, I'm like, wait, if you knew your true identity, then you wouldn't be trying to follow other people in their identity because you would know who you are. And so therefore your yes would be yes and your no would be no because that's not me. But when you don't know who me is, you're willing to try really anything to try to figure out what fits. And that's actually, that's the unique side of the way that God created you. You see, a few years ago, um, I met this amazing man who transformed my life and changed me. His name was Chris Donald, and we've had him here. And he challenged me, and he, he kind of opened up what, what life can look like. And so I began to, he was discipling me, and we were, we'd go out and pray for people. And, and I was watching the way that he functioned, and I was trying to function the same way he functioned. And, and I'm, I'm trying to figure out this whole thing of who me is in the midst of this. But in the midst of it, I wasn't asking God, God, how, how does this look through me? I was, asked, I was just trying to follow him. And what took place is I began to get frustrated because I wasn't finding success or fulfillment or, or it wasn't fitting. Like it was like, you know, round peg, square hole or something, whether that didn't work, it didn't fit. But I realized I was praying one day and God said, I made you different. And I said, okay, God, I know I'm called to, f- to do the same, but it doesn't mean that I function the same. So God, what's my identity in that? And he said, Ben, Chris Chris is a prophetic evangelist. I said, okay, what am I? He said, you're an evangelistic prophet. I said, oh, he goes, those are gonna have very similar looks, but two different functions. I said, oh, okay. So that explains my evangelistic zeal and bent towards the lost, but also explains why I have this feeling of like, When I get to prophesy, I feel like I come alive. Bob and I were in Cambodia, and they lined up 25 people, and they're just like, hey, you take those 25, you take those 25, you take those 25. He's like, let's prophesy. I just prophesied down the line, and then I got done, so I prophesied some more, and then I came back, and Bob's like, I'm pretty tired. You ready to go back? And I'm like, I'm just getting going. Like, this is awesome. But I realized that when I knew who I was, I knew what to say no to, and I knew what to say yes to. See, that is his righteousness. That's not just me being obedient or not obedient to God. That's his righteousness. It's his unique way that he wired me and built me. You see, I believe that when it says, but seek first the kingdom of God, that is seeking first the overarching, holistic view of what the the Bible says we are supposed to function in. When the Bible says I'm supposed to tithe, I give because I tithe because I'm honoring what the kingdom of God says. So I seek first the kingdom of God. The Bible says that when I receive, I give back because I didn't take it myself. God gave it to me, so I go, God, money doesn't have me. I have money. I give you it first. And then with that, or with my relationship or my marriage, it's always within the kingdom of God. But then in the midst of that, God has wired me uniquely To walk out just the way that I was made. And I believe that that is the part where it says seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. His righteousness is the unique way that each of us are wired to go. I read one commentary that that talked about defining righteousness as, as the unique set of expectations within a relationship between two people. And I believe that there's a right way for all of us to live before God. That if when we try to copy or we try to function outside of that, we're going to find frustration. We're going to get to that place where, like, this isn't working. I'm not sinning. I'm not, I'm not doing these things, but it's just not working. And so we have to be so careful to understand that it's not just about seeking the kingdom of God. It's about also within that walking in the way that God has uniquely wired us to walk. But the thing is, is that Satan hates you passionately, and he's going to do everything in his power to stop you from first getting into the kingdom of God. And if you do that, then he wants to stop you from walking uniquely in the way that you were created to walk, because he doesn't want you to reflect Jesus. So he just wants, oh, you're a Christian now? Okay. I can silence you by distraction. I can silence you by the fact that you're not, you're not walking in the way that you were created to walk. That's why in the past, I'm just going to be really real, well, I'm going to get really real in a second, but right now, really real. It used to frustrate me when some people would get like overly spiritual, and I used to be like, God is not like that, like you, like you're off your rocker, like you, you know, When people would go down in the spirit, I'm like, that's fake. What are you talking about? Or people are like, oh, Jesus is so, ooh, ooh. And I'm like, okay, like, calm down a little bit. Like, you can't finish a sentence because you're being so overwhelmed by the spirit, okay? And so I used to do that. But then what happened is that um, one day God pinned my head to the floor. (laughs) And all of a sudden, my grid for encountering God completely changed. And now when people encounter God, I'm like, hey, I hope it's real. You, be, you do you. That's you and God. If you're faking, that's between you and God faking. If that's a real encounter, that's you and God having a real encounter. But it's not for me to judge. I shouldn't expect for it to look normal when an infinite God touches a finite man. And so... When we look at it this way, we have to know that God has uniquely wired us. But what happens is that Satan comes against us and he doesn't want us to experience any of the fulfillment or the blessing that God has for us. If you look at the temptation of Christ, it's all about identity and purpose. He wants Jesus to walk outside of the purpose that Jesus came. Oh, you want to get your authority back? Let me give you a different way to accomplish The goal that that God sent you here for? You can do it my way or you can do it God's way, but my way is a lot easier. You don't have to go to the cross. You see, Satan will always offer you the fake apple for you to bite into. What's the false alternative? What's the fake alternative from you actually walking out in what God's created you to do? See, temptation will come and it can get you off, and then you can feel shame. There was one time, um, and so Satan wants to get us in walking in fear, guilt, and shame because then we don't really truly express who we are. I'm afraid of that, how those people are going to view me, so therefore I'm not, I'm not going to walk the way that God's called me to walk. I'm, shamed, I'm ashamed of my past, so therefore, who am I to speak out or, or, or to communicate about the goodness of God with the past that I have? I feel guilt for what I've done, and so therefore, I, there's no way that I, could, I, I can't do that. But the thing is, is that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That means that that was an act of disobedience, not an identity of your destiny. There's a difference. There was a time... Um, There's some stories that are harder to share than others, because some short stories make you look really good, and other stories shift, or potentially shift the way that other people look at you. Um, in my life, I've struggled with pornography and, and masturbation uh, on and off as I was growing up as a kid, and um, into you know in my college years, and thankfully one of those things that that God really kind of delivered me of as I was coming into being engaged and, and when I was married. Not when I was, we are still married currently. <laughs> um, but there was, a, uh, there was a time where I walked out of my identity in who God had called me to be, and I, rem- and, and I had masturbated. And I remember after that, I felt so much fear and guilt and shame for doing that. And so for the first couple weeks, I, I, I didn't tell Deidre just because I was so ashamed of what I had done. And then in the midst of that, my f- this fear came up and it began to, I was afraid because now when I tell her, her perspective of me is going to shift. My reputation in her eyes is going to change. And so there was this fear that stopped me from sharing with her. Well, when we look at the, what the kingdom of God calls us, it means that, that we, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That means when we make a mistake, it's not our identity, it's an event. And when we ask for forgiveness, it says when we confess, there's healing that takes place. And so therefore, it's not who I am, it's what I did. And I actually don't have to take that on as an identity. And, and so therefore, I can come to her and go, hey, babe, this happened, but it's not who I am and I need you to forgive me for this. The problem is though, is that I was more concerned with how she saw me than being true and right in who God had created me to be. And so the fear of how other people can see us can actually shift us out of the position and the lane that God wants wants us to walk in. Whether that's being afraid of of a a sin we've committed, or whether that's being afraid of stepping out into who we've called to be, You might be an entrepreneur in here right now, but you've never started a business because you're afraid that if you fail, it makes you a failure. But God has wired you to be an entrepreneur and to step out and go for it. And it doesn't mean that your first business is going to be a success. It might be that your fifth business is. But that if you allow the fear to stop you from stepping out, you're actually never going to fully realize why you were wired the way that you were wired. Does that make sense? got quiet, maybe because I said the word, the M word, and people are like, he just said that? Oh, no. But what I've found in life is that if there is if an area that I'm living my life in, and, and I take that, and I take that area, and I go, God, I'm going to submit this area to you, What does the Bible say about that area of my life? When I take that, all of a sudden, a lot of clarity comes to who I'm supposed to be. And then when I go one step further and I say, okay, God, that's who I'm called to be, like that all of us are on the same page. But what about my unique wiring? How am I supposed to uniquely walk that out from me? Because I'm not the same as this person and I'm not the same as this person and so even though this person might be a prophetic evangelist and this person is too and I am too we're also all going to have our unique wiring and how we walk that out and I'm no, I don't want to copy somebody else I want to walk in the true nature of how you wired me to be but what takes place is that the enemy doesn't want you to do that because the moment you do that you're effective Ever wondered why sometimes when we're evangelistic or we preach the gospel, there isn't fruit? I believe sometimes because we're doing it in a way that we've seen somebody else do it and we're not just confident and content with the way that God's wired us to do it. I know that I've found that in my own life. There was a a season where I challenged myself, not praying first, but just challenging myself to pray for at least one person a day for 25 days, what I found is I walked into Safeway looking for somebody to pray for instead of walking into Safeway asking God, God, who do you want me to pray for? Or God, do you want me to pray for somebody? Is there somebody in here? And all of a sudden, I was walking up to somebody and going, hey, um, hey, can I pray for you? Uh, yeah, I'm in the middle of like stocking shelves or, uh, or, oh God, do they have a word of knowledge? What's a word of knowledge? Okay, what do we got? Bad foot. Okay, bad foot. Hey, do you have a bad foot? Uh, no. No. Okay, can I pray for anything else? Uh, no. Cool. That worked well. <laughs> but you see, that's what happened because even though it looked like I was pursuing the kingdom of God, I wasn't walking in his righteousness, his right way for me to live my life. But what's taking place is when things change and I walk in and I go, God, is there somebody at Safeway? Yeah, there is. man. So excited, God, what does that look like? Well, it's gonna be the cashier. Okay, is there something specific for the cashier? Nope, I'll tell you then. And I just want you to know to love her and have compassion. Okay, so now as I'm going, I'm kind of just praying in, my tongue, in tongues as I'm getting stuff and buying stuff, and then I'm walking up to the cashier and there's a line. But this is what I know I'm content and confident, and it doesn't matter that there's people behind me because God knows that she's at work. And he knows that the way that he's going to connect with her is going to be quick, efficient, and it's not going to cause a disruption. And so therefore we go in. I'm like, hey, how are you doing today? And she's doing some stuff. And, and she's like, oh, I'm doing okay. I'm like, hey, God, I just feel like God wants me to pray for you. Something's going on in your life. What can I pray for? And then tears start to fall. She's like, my son's going back into rehab, and I just want it to work this time. And so as she's checking, dude. Dude. Dude hey, you keep doing your job, I'm going to pray for your son. What's his name? His name's Scott. Jesus, I thank you for Scott. You, you created him to live life adventurously. But Lord, he's pursuing wrong things. I pray that he would pursue the right things. She's crying. All right, Jesus' name, hey, have a great day. Thank you so much. A couple weeks later, my son, you know, and I get to hear the testimony. But that's me walking in my true identity. And it's not just seeking first the kingdom of God. And then just doing it in your own strength or copying how other people do it. It's seeking first the kingdom of God and in his righteousness, the unique way that God wired you to do it. But the thing is, is that at the end, and all these things will be added to you. Our biggest problem with seeking the kingdom of God first is things. It's the fear of what my wife is going to look at me. It's the fear of sharing a story and having everybody know what I did. It's the fear of, or the guilt or the shame. It's, it's the, the desire to have people look at us a specific way. So we need to buy this specific house. We need to drive these type of cars. I need to have these type of clothes. I have, to, I have to be a manager, I can't just go entry level because if I'm, if I have to be in management because I'm a manager and so my identity is in the fact that I don't take orders, I give orders. Well, God didn't say that about you. God called you a leader, but it doesn't matter what the title on the door says or if you even have a business card. Our identity can't be found in things outside of us, it has to be found in the thing that is inside of us. And so that fear Of what our life looks like or that guilt or the things of the past or that shame there's all these things that are outside of us that we allow to determine what we're going to do i remember one time uh, i was speaking to some students at a school at a chapel and i just said hey we're going to yell the name of jesus it was a christian school i said hey we're going to yell the name of jesus on the count of three ready one two and i waited and i'm like here's the deal Half of you were so excited just to scream Jesus. Part of you were like, well, I can't scream Jesus too loud. If I scream Jesus too loud, people are going to think I'm Jesus lovers, I'm a Jesus freak. But if I go too low, then they're going to think, like, do you even love Jesus? Like, that wasn't that loud. And we have that. But here's the deal. We all, it doesn't matter if you're in middle school or you're 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100. We have that same Thread of thought, that same level of consciousness at that age, at any age. We walk into a room, what do we start thinking? What are they thinking of me? What's going on here? What's the power play? Do I give them a firm handshake, a soft handshake? How do I come in here? We have that going constantly because we're constantly looking at how people are looking at us instead of just going, this is who I am. God created me this way. I'm going to walk into this room and God has purpose for me in here. God, what's your purpose in this room for me? That's a completely different mindset than wondering what's the outside in as opposed to the inside out. And when we seek first the kingdom of God, then we know, God, you have purpose in my life and I know it's there. And his righteousness. God, I know that you have uniquely wired me to walk out a destiny and a purpose that nobody else can walk out. So I need to find it, go after it, and believe you've called me to be who I am. And then completely walk that out and be obedient to it. And know for a fact that Satan is coming against you in every way, shape, or form to try to bring fear, guilt, or shame to stop you from being who you're called to be. But when you know the scheme of the enemy, you get to be who you are and then you flick them off like a fly because it doesn't bother you. It can't shake your identity. And when you know who you are, all those other things begin to come in line. And when you walk out, all of a sudden things begin to get added to your life because God can begin to trust you that they won't become an idol or your identity. If I can have the worship team come on up. I um, I felt like there was a, a pretty clear picture of what God wanted to do. Just as we close out in worship tonight, or this morning, either way, however you want to look at it. <laughs> um, uh, there's this this word altar that's in the Bible and uh, it's, it's one of those things that where you can build an altar, and what they used to do is build an altar, and then they would sacrifice something on it as, as, as something towards God, just basically saying, I'm going to sacrifice. I'm giving up something of me, putting it here, and, and I'm worshiping God. Or there's different times where you would build an altar at a place, and it was marking a location of like, hey, we're building this, and this is, this is something that we're doing before God. And I, I felt like we were, um, however you want to do it, I just felt like we were supposed to, If you wanted to respond in this specific way, is that as we go back into worship, I believe all of us um, have areas of our life that we are allowing outside influences to determine the way that we look at ourselves. Whether that's fear of how other people see you, shame from things you've done in the past, guilt... For maybe not even stepping out the way that, that you're, you know you're called to, to live your life. But I believe that there's things in our lives, there's distractions, there's stuff that we have that, that we're not completely stepping out and being who we're called to be. And so what we're going to do is I, I just want to uh, create like a safe space at the altar for people um, to come forward and, and you can stand, sit, kneel, laying takes up too much room so just be careful. Um, but whatever you need to do, and, and my, this is my hope. My hope is that I know that, um, I know that all of us kind of brought in stuff with us. Those fears, those false identities, those things that God would never call us, but we call us, or things that God would, do, don't want us doesn't want us to walk in, but we still walk in them. And I, I, I just saw this picture of, of us coming forward, whether you're standing, sitting, kneeling, whatever it is. And just going, Jesus, this is what I've held on to as an identity. And I know that it's not in line with the kingdom of God or the way that you wired me. And so I want to walk pursuing you first and walking in the way that you created me to wa- walk. And so God, I'm just I'm, I'm leaving this here. And when I walk out, I'm only walking out with two things. I'm walking out with seeking the kingdom of God and walking out in pursuing his righteousness for my life.